Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I am here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So, we got another email from Yay. Lauren. Hi, Thank Lauren. you, Lauren. Uh, we appreciate you writing in. This one says, Hi, ladies. Could you, would you tell more about yourselves in your podcast? It would be nice to get to know more about you. I don't mean any details about your children or husbands, just how you came to do the podcast together and why this kind of podcast. Are you always, or have you always been interested in the paranormal? Have you seen ghosts, etc.? I don't own a Facebook. She says she hates it, which I understand. Uh, so I don't have. I don't know if you share anything there. Uh, please give more about this haunted new car. By the way, Brandy, does it still kick you or make noises? <laughs> you are fun to listen to together. Thank you so much for good laughs. Yours, Lauren. Thank you again, Lauren, for writing in. And um, no, I actually haven't had anything happen with my car this week. So I'll <laughs> let you guys, you know, I'll keep you up to date on well, that. Scott. Oh, that's said. right. Yeah, Scott wrote on the Facebook page and said that his he feels that too, and he's got a Ford. Yes. So I don't know if it's a it's a thing or I don't know. It's really weird. That is weird because that's a very distinct feeling. It is, and I it was the very first time I had driven it too since I had bought. You know, I bought it and I immediately felt that, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" (laughs) And. Yeah, I've and like I said, it's very random. It doesn't happen all the time. It's just every now and then it'll feel like some, you know, some kid is pushing his knees against the back of the. That's just strange to me. Yeah, it's really weird. So yeah, nothing, nothing yet. But we, I do have confirmation that again, if I'm crazy, I know Scott is too. (laughs) That's right. So yeah, there's that. Um, Now we. We used to, we lived together for about two years, and every, I'd say at least once a month, we would totally get trashed in the kitchen <laughs> and talk about ghosts. It was always in the kitchen. It was, What is yeah. the deal with the kitchen? I don't know. It's, we made food, and we talked, and <laughs> and Jody ended up moving out, and I mean, literally, it's, it was around the corner, but we knew we are so antisocial that we knew if we didn't purposely get together, we wouldn't ever talk to each other again, probably. So, <laughs> twice a year, <laughs> exactly, Thanksgiving and Christmas, which is absolutely unacceptable. So, and you know, we were both really, really big fans of pod- podcasts, and you know, we were like, hey. <laughs> We could we, we could do that. Yeah, we could record what we talk about and drink and <laughs> and so we figured it out and um we've always been really into the paranormal. It's very fascinating to both of us. Yeah, and when we were talking in the kitchen, that's what we would we would talk about. We would that. always end up it didn't matter what the conversation started with. Right. That's a, where we would always end up. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's just something that we love and and you know we don't really um we don't really focus i would say on paranormal necessarily i mean we kind of do but we we talk about anything i just like strange weird crazy things yeah our first our first uh title idea was actually how bizarre yeah because we just wanted bizarre shit i mean whether it was bigfoot aliens ghosts um weird things people find in their walls yeah yeah and it was i mean we 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 kind of got the idea from if you guys don't listen to my favorite murder but um you know they they kind of had the idea of people sending in stories about anything bizarre or you know fascinating they they focus on on crime mostly and we don't we don't really do that but um but yeah i mean we wanted and i i think i think the thing that i wanted was um kind of in the form of real ghost stories online which is another podcast where he just does listener stories yeah that's and, it's still our goal absolutely uh, it's slow going but yes that's and, what we want this to end up being is just you know all your guys's stories that's exactly what i want to hear yeah i want to know what you guys have experienced like like our first um 
our first episode i believe we talked about like matrixing and like you had you hear music when there's things going on in the house which is very strange to me yeah and you know i want to know about everyone's journey everybody's different everybody's brain works different and i'm fascinated by things that other people experience that i've never experienced before exactly so um so yeah we just wanted to kind of build a community about you know and talk about what you're going through and how we're not as weird as we think we are and you <laughs> know, we're all weird or, yeah <laughs> um but yeah and then you know when we started the podcast we we were kind of nervous and we didn't know what we were doing we didn't know if anyone would listen so we totally got drunk every time <laughs> and I just want to let everyone know it's hard to get drunk and read <laughs> and try and be serious. So you might think I'm stupid, but yeah. who cares? <laughs> I don't. So, um, you know, if everyone was perfect, it'd be a very, very boring world. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and also, we did an episode. It was episode three, and it's called "Footsteps on the Window." And we talk about our personal ghost stories. So I'm not sure if you listened to that, Lauren, but um, yeah, go back to listen to episode three, and you'll hear all about our personal experiences that we've yeah, had. Yeah, as far as seeing ghosts, no, I have never. No, seen No, I've never ghost. seen. I mean, I think I've seen things out of the corner of my eye, but you know, I don't know. And I've or seen. Or if I have seen a ghost, I didn't know it. Oh so. yeah. Yeah, that's right. It could look like anybody else. Yeah. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, we've just, we we talk about all kinds of stuff and we really, we know ourselves and we wouldn't, we wouldn't make time for each other if we didn't do it purposely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's We're what, that so was. So antisocial. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I mean our our podcast isn't perfect and we're not perfect but we're having a good time and and we hope everyone likes it and yes and that's so that's that's it i mean really nothing special and yeah we're actually very very boring yeah. people just so, <laughs> yeah. y'all, so y'all know that we're yeah, extremely boring you guys are with us at our most exciting time of the week <laughs> because we get to get out of the house and talk and it's great so so yeah um i hope that answered your questions lauren and you are not really missing anything on the facebook page we just share funny memes and um interesting things we occasionally um listeners will comment like scott did about the the car and and I promise I will try and get on Twitter more and figure that out. But I'm I'm just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. So, um, but yeah, if you, uh, if you want to check out the Facebook page, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, like I said, you're, we just, we post funny things and interesting things. And um, Lori makes fun of me by posting pictures of Caligula and... <laughs> i'm sorry but that was great (laughs) i know it was it was hilarious no but it's all in good fun and we're just having a good time and like i said i'll try and get on twitter again and see if i can figure that out so you don't feel left out i don't want you to feel left out but um okay so moving on i've got kind of a theme going tonight i did facts about the titanic and then later i will have ghost stories about the titanic so the titanic um these are facts and this i got this from ranker and the author is matthew cole weiss i believe that's how you say his name um and the titanic sank on april 15th 1912 so i just want to throw that out there because i wasn't quite sure of the date but it's april 15th so on the morning of the accident a lifeboat drill was canceled The lifeboat situation was pretty dire when the Titanic sank. Some boats left early with room for more passengers on board due to extreme panic and confusion. This could not have been avoided if the scheduled lifeboat drill, or this could have been avoided if the scheduled lifeboat drill for that morning had not been canceled. It's not clear why the drill was canceled, but it's safe to assume the crew did not suspect that there would be any danger in the near future. Hmm. And that's kind of what they did. I don't know. Have you've obviously? I mean. Have you seen the movie Titanic? Once. Oh. <laughs> not 
millions <laughs> of times like Brandy. I love Leonardo DiCaprio. I love him. I had pictures of him all over my bedroom when I was a teenager. <laughs> I love him in every movie he's ever been in. So I come over, like, what are you doing? Watching the tight again? Yes. We went to the movies several times to see it. I owned it. I owned it on VHS. <laughs> so I don't have it anymore. But, oh my God, that uh, it's such a great movie. And I have always been obsessed with the Titanic in general and the sinking. And that's my favorite part on any Ghostbuster movie is when they <laughs> say, the Titanic just arrived. And then he's like, well, better late than never. And it's funny. And I've, I've always been... A big Titanic, like it, it fascinates me. Well, but then the ending pissed me off. I mean, I know what the ending of the Titanic is, and it's not pretty, but I cannot stand any movie where it has a sad ending. Oh, I, just, I can't. I hate it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. It. I just watched it because Leonardo DiCaprio is hot. So, if you and, say so, huh? <laughs> if you say so. Oh my gosh! Don't even get me started. Anyway. So, on the movie, or in the movie, they kind of make it a point to show where, um, I think it's Kate Winslet's character, it, they're like, her and her family are taking a tour of the boat, and they go by the lifeboats, and they say on there, they're like, you know, we, these are kind of for show, we don't need these, you know, they oh. make them, they make them feel like this will never sink yeah. in a million years, yeah. so... I mean, they kind of touch on that on the movie a little bit. Uh, Next one, a handwritten letter from the day of the accident still exists. After over a hundred years, the last surviving handwritten letter composed on Titanic letterhead resurfaced for an auction. Esther Hart and her daughter Ava wrote a letter to Esther's mother about the wonderful journey they were taking together on the Titanic. Although her husband was tragically killed that day, Esther and Ava survived. They kept the letter in the family for decades until it went up for auction in England and sold for around $200,000 in 2014 wow for so, a letter yeah that's, that's crazy yeah little did she know when she was writing that to her mother that yeah she, yeah that's insane and really sad um next one all of the third class passengers shared two bathtubs yeah. the third class accommodations on the ship were veritably barbaric while the third-class bunk beds included mattresses, blankets, and pillows, they lacked sheets and pillowcases. And the only two bathrooms served all 700-plus third-class passengers. Can you imagine waiting your turn to take a bath at the oh end of a 450-person line? <laughs> and did they change the water? Oh, my God, don't. No. <laughs> no. You know no. they didn't. No. <laughs> Ew. I would be, I would give anything to be that first person. <laughs> Ew. I would just not take a bath. After, the, after I would say number three. Number, person number three. Well, by that point, you might as well not exactly. take one. I'd be like, I no, I'll just stay oh in my, my own fill. Shit, I'm dirtier now than I was when I started. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, it's so gross. Okay all them people marinating in the <laughs> no oh so nasty no oh no oh Ew. oh my god okay <laughs> okay okay three dogs made it onto the lifeboats Although nine dogs passed away aboard the Titanic, three lucky pups somehow made it onto a lifeboat. Two Pomeranians and one Pekingese. One of the dogs that survived belonged to Harper and Rowe Publishing, heir Henry Harper. When asked why he saved his dog over other people, he replied, there seemed to be lots of room and nobody made any objection. Hmm. That's rude. (laughs) We don't really have much to say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. The Titanic had its own daily newspaper. The Titanic featured its own newspaper called the Atlantic Daily Bulletin. The paper was printed each day aboard the Titanic, and it included news and society gossip, horse racing results, and stock prices. Society gossip? 
That'd be crazy. Oh, man, that would be awesome. Be like, ooh, who made it onto the Titanic newspaper today? (laughs) Next one, there was a closer rescue ship. Although the Carpathia eventually came to the Titanic's rescue, there was a closer ship that would have been more ideal for a rescue mission. The Californian and her captain, Stanley Lord, were stuck in an ice field themselves and tried warning other ships. Allegedly, the Titanic told them to, quote, shut up. Officers on the Californian eventually saw the flare signals from the Titanic, but dismissed them as friendly signals between ships in the same company. So they're like, oh, look, they're saying hi. (laughs) And they're people dying such bullshit they're like well we tried to warn we tried to warn you that's horrible oh my god okay (laughs) (laughs) next one the boat delivered mail it said the ship was carrying 3500 bags of mail and over 7 million pieces of mail were lost when it sank 7 million pieces of mail um next one only around 340 bodies were located Experts are divided about whether there are still human remains aboard the aboard the wreckage of the Titanic at the bottom of the ocean. 340 bodies since the Titanic sank, leaving 1,160 still lost at sea. Shit. That is insane. There, they've got there's got to be some still in there. Absolutely. That's crazy. That's a lot. Yeah. That's over 1,000 people. I mean, maybe some, maybe they drifted away or, I mean, but you would think that they would search a certain radius of of the wreckage, right? Yeah. That is crazy. Next one, a fortune teller uh, predicted the disaster. Shortly before the ship's launch, passenger Alice Elizabeth Fortune met with a fortune teller in Egypt. The psychic told her, you are in danger every time you travel on the sea, for I see you adrift in an open boat. You will lose everything but your life, Fortune, who was 24 at the time, survived the disaster even though her brother and father died, becoming one of the most famous passengers aboard Lifeboat 10. That's crazy. Yeah. Man, if someone said that, a fortune teller, like if I actually went to a fortune teller and believed in that you know i do believe that there are people oh yeah obviously not all of them are real yes yeah but if yeah if someone told me that um i wouldn't be taking my chances no if they were real or not yeah but like i'll just stay here yeah (laughs) okay at least one worker died while building the Titanic. In 1910, 15-year-old Samuel Scott, the first casualty of the Titanic, fell from a ladder and died due to a fatal skull fracture. His body was buried in an unmarked grave in Belfast, finally receiving a headstone in 2011. Wow. (laughs) Scott wasn't alone as builder James Dobbins was crushed under lumber during the transport of the ship to a dock. Other deaths were also rumored to have occurred during the construction, which allegedly involved other young and unskilled workers at and shoddy oversight. 15 years old. Hmm. That's sad. Next one, the Titanic featured a heated saltwater swimming pool on deck. The Titanic had a heated saltwater swimming pool on deck, a rarity for luxury ocean liner at the time. It also featured Turkish baths, a squash court, and a library. And people had to share two bathtubs (laughs) on third class. (laughs) That's horrible. That's because they didn't have no money. Oh, that pisses me off. Okay. The captain was about to retire. Edward John Smith, the captain of the Titanic, was set to retire after his final voyage. Many people are torn about Captain Smith. Some say he was responsible for one one of the worst disasters of all time, based on his negligence, while others call him a hero as he bravely went down with the ship. Now, if he was negligent, I think it would have showed up long before he was getting ready to retire absolutely i think they were just cocky they they thought that this i mean they called it the unsinkable ship i mean they were just 
naive mm-hmm. and it, it's so sad uh, next one the interior was designed to resemble the Ritz Hotel in London if the interior of the Titanic looks familiar, it's because it was modeled after the Ritz Hotel in London. The contemporary style included dining rooms with ornate ceilings and plush carpets, as well as first-class cabins designed after some of the suites at the Ritz. Next one, of the 885 crew members, only 23 were female. Of the 885 crew members aboard the Titanic, only 23 of them were women. 21 of the women were stewardesses, and the other two were worked as restaurant cashiers. The stewardesses shared similar duties to the male stewards, but they typically only served the female passengers. 20 of the female crew members managed to survive. One of the survivors was Violet Jessup, who also survived the sinking of the HMHS Britannic. Isn't that the girl that she survived two sinking ships and then something else? I think I do remember yeah. that. You need to look that up. Violet Jess. Something about 9-11. No, I don't, I don't think that's the same oh. person. But this girl worked on the Titanic, then she worked on this other other one, the Britannic. After, you, <laughs> after the Titanic sank? What? She works on another one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she worked on another ship. That one sank. <laughs> And then I think something else happened to her too. Was that uh, what's that saying about a horse? When you fall off a horse, you get back on again. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I um, I would be a little turned off by ships at that point. Uh, if yeah. I was, if, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, maybe they'll be better on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, really, at that time, that may be the only job she could have gotten mm-hmm. she's probably like i don't want yeah. to do ship damn it <laughs> she's like what are the odds you guys you're crazy what are the odds this will sink too and then she's like son of a bitch <laughs> oh poor thing violet Okay, the last survivor died in 2009. In 2009, the last last living survivor of the Titanic died at the age of 97. Melvina Dean was only eight weeks old when she boarded the luxury liner, and she died on May 31st, the same day the Titanic launched, 97 years prior. Wow. In 1998, Dean, whose father died in the disaster, stepped foot aboard a ship for the first time, taking the exact same course as the Titanic had taken years earlier. Again, I would not do that. Uh, Next one, 13 couples were honeymooning on that faithful voyage. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Before Kate and Leo had the romance of a lifetime aboard the Titanic, 13 couples celebrated their honeymoon aboard the ill-fated ocean liner. One of those couples was Mr. and Mrs. George Harder of New York, who both survived. There's even been a book about the love stories aboard the Titanic called Titanic Love Stories. Why would they call it that? I don't know. Next one, the ship's baker survived despite getting drunk. After helping some passengers, baker Charles Jungen got a little drunk. According to Jungen's own recollections, after saving women and children and drinking a fair amount of alcohol, he headed to the outside rail of the ship and was lowered down and then swam away into the night. Around daybreak, he clambered aboard lifeboat B and managed to survive the disaster. (laughs) That would be me. I'd be like, fuck you all. I'm drunk. I'm just swimming until I die. (laughs) That's great. Okay, uh, next one. You can actually visit the wreckage. For a very small fee of $60,000, you can dive into... Very small. Let me go get that. (laughs) 
<laughs> Dive down to the wreckage of the Titanic and see it firsthand. Concierge service Bluefish offers to take divers to the wreckage on the Atlantic floor where you can observe the grand staircase as well as several prominent rooms. Oh my god. That would be amazing. Um no. They can keep it. I, I mean I, even I if they paid me sixty thousand dollars, I would not oh my god, go in crazy. the ocean. No. Well yeah, I wouldn't do it either. Uh, the trip takes anywhere from 11 to 12 hours just to dive uh, 12,500 feet deep. More people have been to outer space than have visited the wreckage. That's crazy. Uh, I wouldn't go to outer space either. Yeah, oh my god. That scares me more than the ocean, I think. Even though it took 3,000 years for the iceberg to form, it separated from the glacier it was part of most likely in 1910 or 1911 and only existed for two to three years after after the titanic struck this infamous iceberg the warm temperatures of the ocean melted the giant chunk of ice almost instantly wow that's crazy Mm -hmm. uh the last supper featured 11 courses Why weren't these people like 500 pounds? And people had to share two bathtubs yeah. on the third class. On April 14, 1912, the first class dining room aboard the Titanic served an 11-course meal inspired by famous sh- French chef Auguste Escoffier. The menu included cream of barley soup, poached salmon, chicken, uh, lyonnaise, Pate de foie gras and Waldorf pudding. I don't know if I said it. Waldorf pudding. Milton Hershey was almost on board. Milton Hershey, the man responsible for Hershey's kisses, among other sweet treats, was vacationing in France and scheduled to head back stateside on the Titanic. Due to a business matter, Hershey and his wife had to take an earlier ship, thus avoiding the disaster. Thank God. I know, right? We didn't live without our Hershey. I know. Other notable people who narrowly missed sinking the ship was... Um, the inventor of the long-distance radio transmission who helped save lives on the ship, millionaire Alfred Vanderbilt, and J. Pierpont Morgan, the famous financier. Hmm. I don't know. Um, one of the smokestacks was just for show. Why? <laughs> 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 I've... The Titanic is visually known for its four iconic smokestacks spanning the length of the ship, but one of the smokestacks was non-functional. It was purely for looks. The film Titanic, however, depicted smoke coming out of all four of the smokestacks, something James Cameron clearly didn't catch. Shame. I know, right? How dare he. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Next one, no one ever called it unsinkable. Despite the popular conception that this Titanic was called unsinkable before its launch, this claim was never truly made before the disaster. Harland and Wolf, the constructors of, of the ship, never stated it was unsinkable, and the White Star Line called it the largest and finest steamer in the world. Some trades did call it practically unsinkable, but the irony-laden myth didn't gain life until after the ship sank. Hmm. I wonder why. I don't know. That's strange. Uh, Next one. The lookout did not have binoculars. If the lookout had access to binoculars, they may have been able to see the iceberg sooner and avoid the crash. The binoculars were in a lockbox, however, and the crew members couldn't find the key. It turns out... Turns out the key's owner, Second Officer David Blair, was taken off the crew shortly before launch and forgot to hand it off to his replacement. David Blair, shame. shame. The Daily Mail initially reported no lives were lost. What? The day after the Titanic sank, the Daily Mail reported no lives were lost due to the lack of communicable technology the newspaper had no clue about the reality of the situation and simply ran with hope the next day however the headline was a bit darker boatloads of women few men among survivors 868 saved 1490 missing Hmm. 
Next one, there was a movie star on board. Presaging Gilligan's Island, there was an actual movie star aboard the Titanic. American silent film actor Dorothy Gibson. Gibson survived the wreckage and went on to star in a popular film saved from the titanic which began shooting only a week after the crash in the film gibson wore the same evening gown gloves and sweater she had worn the night the ship sank that's creepy is creepy that's creepy a woman disguised a man to save him while waiting for lifeboats an unknown woman placed her shawl over 22 year old daniel buckley which ultimately saved his life buckley had gotten into one of the boats but was ordered to exit because he was a man buckley later testified to the senate i was crying and there was a woman in the boat and she throw had thrown her shawl over me and she told me to stay in there i believe she was mrs astor then they did not see me and the boat was lowered down into the water and we rowed away from the steamer And my last one, Nazis used the disaster as propaganda. Imagine that. Oh, I know, right? That's shocking. So surprised. (laughs) In 1943, Nazi propaganda minister Joseph Goebbels made a Nazi film version of the sinking simply called Titanic. It portrayed the disaster only with a German officer as the hero of the film. Mm -hmm. The movie served as an attack on British society and has been called one of the most expensive and ambitious movies ever made at the time. Ultimately, the film tanked and was banned by Goebbels uh, while director Herbert Selpin was arrested for speaking out against Nazis. Anyway, those were my Titanic facts for the week. Okay. Um, I did Ghosts of North Dakota. Okay. Uh, The Children's Museum at Yonker Farm in Fargo. The Children's Museum at Yonker Farm is an interactive museum housed in a brick farmhouse that dates back to 1976. It is believed to be haunted by the ghost of Elizabeth Yonker, who has been seen hanging around upstairs close to where most of the children's activities happen. There have also been reports of a young child who stands by a well. Is it that one? The hair over her face? Oh my god. Comes out of the well. <laughs> Rings. The white dress. Yeah. <laughs> this is believed to be the ghost of a child who died in that same well many years ago. Staff also report that the elevator has a habit of working all on its own. Mm -mm. Now, this one is just a shame, and I think I would have to go anyway. Okay. Medora Fudge and Ice Cream Depot in Medora. Yeah, I don't don't care about the ghosts on that one. (laughs) I'll share. I don't care. (laughs) It may seem like the unlikeliest place to find a ghost, but believe it or not, one of the most haunted locations in North Dakota is Medora Fudge and Ice Cream Depot. There is just the one ghost inside, and she only appears once a year on her birthday. However, all year round, there are unnatural cold spots and strange noises. She just doesn't manifest apart from on her birthday. Very interesting. Hmm. I love it. We should go. I'll go. (laughs) Get me some fudge and ice cream. Mm Mm-hmm. St. Joseph's Hospital in Dickinson. Many of the employees say that there is a ghostly activity in many of the different areas around the hospital. For example, the elevator down to the morgue is often seen operating all by itself. Speaking of the morgue, the doors also open by themselves on occasion, which is made all the more creepy by the fact that they have to be opened from inside the morgue unless you have an access key. No! That's creep. Disembodied voices are fairly common in the cafeteria, and there are lots of running footsteps in the basement. But upon investigation, there's nobody there. Oh my gosh, that's creepy. Anything with a Morgan in it is creepy. Yeah. <laughs> One of the rooms on the third floor seems to have a ghostly patient that has never left, as on nights when that room is unoccupied, the nurse's call button is often pressed. Ooh, that's creepy. North Dakota State University in Fargo. 
There are two different parts of North Dakota State University that are reported to be haunted. The first one of these is Saris, Saris Hall, in particular the third floor of the building. It is generally accepted that this can be traced back to a man who hung himself from one of the heating pipes during World War II. Several strange occurrences have happened on the third floor, but students do not feel particularly uncomfortable up there. However, the same cannot be said for the basement, which houses a much darker and some say evil entity. Hmm. Entering the basement triggers a strong fight or flight instinct in most people and everyone is in a hurry to leave the area. Few have stayed long enough to report what happens to those who do not flee. Not to be outdone, Menard Hall at the university also boasts plenty of paranormal activity and a very creepy history. In the 1920s, the the fourth floor attic of Menard Hall was a dance room. One morning, a janitor entered the room and found two people dead. Nobody knows what happened to them, but it was assumed to be a double homicide, which was never solved. Oh my god. The dance room was closed and later it was converted into a zoology lab. Thanks to increasingly unstable floorboards, the entire fourth floor was closed off permanently in the 1960s. Of course, where there are gruesome tales, students will break in and several have managed to sneak up to the attic. All of them have returned with tales of strange presence and feelings that they were definitely not alone. Hmm. Some negative energy, it sounds like. Yep. Harvey Public Library in Harvey. Harvey Public Library was built where the Bents residence once stood. Why is this significant, you might ask? Well, because this could very well explain why the library is one of the most haunted places in North Dakota. In 1931, Sophia Eberline Bentz was bludgeoned to death as she slept by her as she slept by her own husband. He was arrested and convicted of the murder after Sophia's daughter found blood in the bedroom. The library staff began to move into the new building on the 59th anniversary of Sophia's funeral, and unexplained activity began to happen almost immediately. The librarian's office is said to be a particular focal point, and it can surely be no coincidence that the office sits more or less where Sophia would have died. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> I, at first I was like, why libraries? It's so weird, but yeah. now, I mean, yeah. if they put it in her house where she was well, murdered. Well, yeah, there's a lot of libraries that are like, the buildings are like super old. Right, yeah, you, I think you said that on one of the most recent episodes yeah libraries are mostly turned in from some other building yeah it's crazy totten trail historic inn in saint michael the totten trail historic inn once serves as living quarters for officers and their families in the latter part of the 19th century witnesses say that they have seen a number of ghosts in the inn and that some have even followed them around the building It is believed that these apparitions could be a man and a woman who passed away just before some major renovation work took place at the end. It is without a doubt one of the most haunted buildings in North Dakota. Fort Abraham Lincoln Custer House in Mandan. Most people know the story of General Custer and the Battle of Little Bighorn, but lesser known story revolves around his beloved wife and the home they built together in Mandan. The couple never really had much of a chance to enjoy their new home since Custer died at Little Bighorn in 1876, and this certainly upset his wife. She is said to haunt the home to this day, always looking for her husband. Lights frequently flicker on and off, doors open and close, and visitors hear disembodied voices. Mrs. Custer's apparition has also been seen, and she is always in her black mourning dress. Oh, weird. Old Armory in Williston. Witnesses have seen mannequins moving on their own inside the building. Um, excuse me? No. Oh my god, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's like giant dolls. That's all that uh, is. <laughs> stop it. Oh my god. Uh, the building was constructed back in 1915. There are also regular reports from staff and visitors alike of ghostly whispering when nobody else is around. Oh, that's Mannequins moving! No! No way. Oh my god. Chateau de Mores, Mores, I don't know, <laughs> in Medora. The Chateau de Mores 
was once home to the Marquis de Moors and his wife Medora, after whom the city is named. These days, those who go to visit say that they have certainly they are certainly not alone when they enter. Visitors often feel cold spots, and the lights are known to flicker on and off with some degree of regularity. It is believed that this is the work of Medora de Moors, who died while traveling and never got to return home. Has she found her way back in spirit? Did you say Demora de Moors is her name? Her name is Medora. Medora de Moors. Medora de Moors. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm sure you are. It just sounded weird. It sounded like you said Demora de Moors. <laughs> And I was like, why would my parents I did. do that? <laughs> I don't know. I might have said that. I don't know. <laughs> um, Liberty Memorial Building in Bismarck. It is said that the Liberty Memorial Building in Bismarck was once haunted by a ghost who is affectionately known as the Stack Monster. Mm. <laughs> Not the Cookie Monster. The Stack Monster. The Stack Monster. However, there have been no reports of his presence since 1981 when the Historical Society moved out of the building to a new heritage center. Maybe he doesn't like being called the staff monster. (laughs) (laughs) In fact, one of the employees believes that she she might even have seen him leave as she watched the main door open and close by itself just before the big move happened. With that being said, the building is happy to welcome him back at any time, even going so far as to issue a security badge just for him, which sits at the main desk. During the time that he was allegedly haunting the building, there was a variety of unexplained activity, including footsteps, shadows, and disembodied voices. Um, (laughs) It's just weird. It is weird. He's like the stack monster. Call me the stack monster. How rude. I'm leaving. Out of here. <laughs> Very yeah. sensitive ghost. He's flipping him off invisibly <laughs> when he walks out. <laughs> San Haven Sanatorium in Dunseeth. San Haven Sanatorium was opened in 1912 in order to treat those suffering from tuberculosis, of course. Mm-hmm. There was also developmentally disabled patients admitted to the hospital right up until the 1980s when it was closed down on the back of financial difficulty. Hmm. In its heyday, the hospital would have housed as many as 900 patients, and reports suggest that the conditions were not all that they should have been which is probably being a little too generous yeah they never were yeah exactly it is thought that between the hospital's opening in 1912 and closing in 1989 as many as a thousand patients passed away there however the death count does not stop there in 2001 a 17 year old boy apparently fell to his death while exploring the abandoned property oh shit Locals all agree that San Haven Sanatorium is one of the most haunted locations in North Dakota, but actual specifics are hard to come by. For some of the reports, a baby can be heard crying inside, faces can be seen looking out the windows, dark shadows can be seen wandering the empty rooms, and sighting of orbs and apparitions. Could you imagine going up to an abandoned building and hearing a fucking baby <sighs> crying no. inside? Oh, I would have God. to go in and see. Absolutely. But then, with there nothing there, Ooh, it'd be so creepy. Just going into an abandoned sanatorium yeah, no itself shit. is creepy. Oh, I want to go. <laughs> Sounds like fun, though. <laughs> I want to go to Waverly Hills. I know. I thought it's not that far. I know. It's only in what? Kentucky? It's Kentucky. Maybe one of these days. Oh, my gosh. That'd be so scary. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sage Hill Bed and Breakfast in Animoose, North Dakota. Animoose. Animoose. Once a schoolhouse, a Sage Hill Bed and Breakfast is a quiet little inn that has been serving guests with discerning taste since 1996. Their guests not only include the living, but the cigar-smoking dead, too. Ooh. And that's all I got. All right. All right, I'm going to take us back to the Titanic for some ghost stories. And obviously, these are ghost stories from the museum, the Titanic. You know, the Titanic has a traveling museum Mm -hmm. so these are from 
there, I believe. And I think, I probably should have looked this up, but I think there's a Titanic museum that's like stationary. Yeah, stationary. Um, Okay, so this, I, I got this from Ranker, and Lyra Radford wrote this article. The RMS Titanic set out on its maiden voyage with an estimated 2,222 people aboard in April of 1912. Tragically, only 706 of those passengers would survive. The the ship was moving too fast one freezing night and struck an iceberg and sank. Those who perished in the accident suffered a terrifying and agonizing death, and many paranormal enthusiasts will tell you that strong emotions paired with ultimately death are the key ingredients for most hauntings uh so the first one a lady in black appears on the grand staircase the titanic artifact exhibition at the luxor hotel and casino in las vegas apparently has a ghost wandering the grand staircase employees and guests alike have seen a mysterious woman who wears a black period dress with the white collar and her hair in a bun as a photographer prepped for the opening of the exhibition he spotted the woman casually walking down the the grand staircase he was startled as he hadn't seen anyone enter and the staircase was roped off he assumed she was part of the exhibit and asked if she'd like him to photograph her she ignored him he went back to setting up but suddenly she was directly behind him again he offered a photograph and this time she didn't just ignore him she vanished <laughs> first he was probably like rude i know he was like biatch <laughs> i'm gonna complain I'm gonna take to a someone. picture of you anyway <laughs> rude ghost okay uh next one the ghost takes portraits off the walls the exhibit at the luxor includes a portrait of bruce ismay one of the titanic's builders he apparently fled the sinking ship leaving women and children behind Mm, what a guy Mm -hmm. gentlemen love it Witnesses on the lifeboats claim he kept his back to the ship as it sank and allegedly was one of the was the one insisting the ship speed up after receiving ice warnings. Perhaps it's not surprising that the ghost of the Titanic seemed to dislike him. One early morning as the crew came in uh, to the open exhibit, they found the portrait of Ismay on the floor. The management the manager watched the surveillance video from the night before and was stunned to see the picture begin shaking before coming off the wall, apparently of its own accord. It's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm dead. Yeah, really. <laughs> like, who put this fucking asshole on this <laughs> wall and get him off? <laughs> uh, museum staffers are poked and prodded by unseen hands. According to staff and visitors, the Titanic artifact exhibition at the Luxor is extremely haunted. Eerie sounds, uneasy feelings, and actual sightings of ghostly specters have all been reported. Artifacts expert Joe Zimmer seems to attract quite a bit of attention from these supposed spirits. He says he has had his name called and his hair and clothing tugged on, all followed by the sounds of laughter. (laughs) And late at night, Zimmer reports hearing a phantom orchestra play. That's creepy. It's just his dishwasher. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's an orchestra playing all the time. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Okay. (laughs) Next one, a ghostly tour took place on the SS Winter Haven. What if you saw a ghost without even realizing it? In the case of the second officer, Leonard Bishop, of the SS Winterhaven, that was exactly what happened. In 1977, he gave a tour of the ship to a man who he assumed was a passenger. The British man was very soft-spoken and extremely interested in every detail of the vessel, almost unusually so. Bishop found the man to be a big 
to be a bit strange, not unpleasant, just odd. It wasn't until a few years later, after seeing a photo of Titanic Captain Edward John Smith, that Bishop realized why the situation felt so off. Bishop exclaimed to his friend, I know him. I gave him a tour of my boat. The friend laughed and informed Bishop that the man had been long dead. That man was the captain of the Titanic. Whoa. Oh my god, I just got chills. That's creepy. That is creepy. That is, I want... I wonder that a lot now because we we hear that so many times where you see someone sees a ghost and they don't realize it's a yeah, fucking exactly. ghost. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, yeah, maybe I have seen maybe. one. Maybe. I don't know. Oh my gosh. Okay. Next one. Spirit orbs hover over the Titanic's resting place. People aboard ships passing the site where the RMS Titanic titanic went down have reported mysterious balls of light believed to be the spirit orbs hovering in the area on more than one occasion submarines traveling those depths have received unusual radio interference odd noises and sos calls with no origin crackle through their communi- communication equipment that's creepy mm-hmm. and i love it okay next one the ghost of titanic's lookout watches the promenade deck Frederick Fleet, a British sailor, served as the lookout aboard the RMS Titanic. He spotted the deadly iceberg and warned the bridge. Tragically, his warning came too late. The ship was going too fast to avoid collision. Fleet survived the sinking of the Titanic, but not on his own depression. After his wife's death, just after Christmas of 1964, he was evicted by his brother-in-law and hung himself in the garden. His grave went unmarked until the Titanic Historical Society erected a headstone for him in 1993. It appears his spirit is not quite at rest, however. Witnesses have claimed to see him keeping watch over the Las Vegas Exhibition's promenade deck, perhaps driven by his guilt to keep watch even in death. Aw, Frederick. It's not your fault. Um, Next one. The exhibit visitor is touched from beyond the grave. While visiting family in Missouri, a teenager went to the traveling Titanic exhibit and had a brush with the paranormal. Posting on uh, yourghoststories.com, she recounts the experience. Quote, We were walking through the hallway when... Um, We were walking through a hallway to get to the artifacts, and I was behind everyone. I suddenly felt a top... I suddenly felt a soft tug on the back of my t-shirt, and I turned around to see who the culprit was, but the hallway was absolutely empty. I quickly faced forward to catch the potential trickster, but no one was sneaking away, and everyone in front of me was far ahead. So she got tugged on. Next one, ghost hunters capture a voice on tape. The Georgia Aquarium also houses potentially haunted artifacts from the Titanic. The employees have claimed to see shadows, hear voices, and even be touched by the spirits. The paranormal activity is so intense that sci-fi channels ghost hunters came to, to investigate. They reportedly captured a recording of a voice saying, no, please wait, in the iceberg room. The team also says they got readings of several anomalous cold spots and witnessed a shadowy figure. After reviewing their findings, they concluded that the Titanic exhibit at the Georgia Aquarium is in fact haunted. Next one, Captain Smith haunts his former home in England. According to Louise and Neil uh, Bonner. I was totally about to say Boner. <laughs> <laughs> Owners of the former home of Titanic Captain Edward John Smith. The shipmaster lingers in his house. The couple have spent the last decade renting the 19th century Victorian, and their tenants have fi- uh, reported feeling icy chills passing through them, hearing strange noises, and even seeing full bodied apparitions of the captain. The property has also suffered a flood in the kitchen and unusually cold gusts in the dining room. According to Mr. Bonner, 
Some years ago, we had a single chap living in there, and he rang up one day, convinced he had seen a ghost of the captain. He was in bed when he saw him drift across the room. Oh, that's creepy. I don't like that word, drift. Yeah, because that's like floating. I know. Okay. Uh, next one. The deathbed premonition was made the night the Titanic sank. A creepy legend surrounding the Titanic comes from the deathbed of a young Scottish girl named Jessie Sayer. On the same night the ship sank, Jessie Sayer was on the verge of dying. In her delirious state, she supposedly spoke of a massive sinking ship and a man named Wally playing a fiddle. She had no way of knowing the Titanic would sink that night or that Wallace, Wally Hartley, played his violin one last time as he and his band went down with the ship. Mm. I just got chills. Yeah, I did too. Freaking young girl. It doesn't say how old she was. That's crazy. Next one. A comforting spirit haunts the Titanic Belfast Museum. As they like to say in Ireland, the Titanic was built by the Irish, sunk by the English. The Titanic Belfast Museum commemorates the ship in Belfast, Ireland, and it seems to have a ghostly presence of its own. In 2013, a woman touring the museum listened to the final distress call of the RMS Titanic, and she described the events that followed in a letter to the host of the podcast, Real Ghost Stories Online. She claimed that while hearing the original Morse code and seeing the words of the RMS Titanic's distress call, she became overwhelmingly emotional. Her heart was pounding and she felt as anxious and heartbroken as if she were the radio controller herself. Shaking and sick to her stomach, she began crying. Walking away to get some air, she felt a hand on her shoulder and a male voice said softly, It's okay. She assumed it was her friend and reached up to brush his hand, but realized no hand was there. Was the spirit of the radio controller Jack Phillips, she wondered? Was he reassuring her that that he was at peace with what happened? Sounds to me like she's a reincarnation of Mr. Jack, whatever his name was, Jack. Jack Phillips she could feel his emotions and that be that intense maybe that was her yeah creepy i love it okay and last one an author predicted the sinking of the titanic 14 years before it happened i've heard of this morgan robertson published the wreck of the titan in 1898 14 years later the real life titanic disaster happened and many took that as a sign that the author had precognitive abilities Robertson rejected those claims, saying he was just drawing on his real-life experience as a seaman. However, there are plenty of chillingly specific parallels between the book and the reality. Besides the similar names, the fictitious Titan, like the Titanic, was supposedly to be the largest ship of its kind and an unsinkable ship. It also lacked enough lifeboats to come accommodate its passenger load and struck an iceberg while going too fast ultimately sinking the in the exact same spot as the titanic off the coast of newfoundland both disasters took place in april and cost over 1500 people their lives hmm that is i've heard of a big coincidence if it it is yeah and 14 years before it actually happened Mm -hmm. that's insane so those are my stories from the titanic for this week i guess that means it's time for the witty wrap up yay witty wrap up (laughs) (laughs) these are funny things said during labor oh my god i love it all right here's the first one when my brother was born they had to use forceps to get him out my mom saw them and screamed those are salad tongs you're not putting any goddamn kitchenware in there (laughs) that's what i would say too (laughs) one mother in labor tried setting up her baby's daddy with one of the doctors who assisted in the delivery (laughs) 
So while this woman is pushing out her baby, she begins to half tell, half scream that my roommate should date her ex slash the baby's daddy. Oh my God. The conversation went something like this. Mom, you should really, screams in pain, go out with, screams again, him sometime. Oh my God. He's really fun. The dad, I wouldn't mind some drinks sometimes. What are you doing this evening? Oh my God. What the fuck? Let's focus, people. (laughs) There are other things going on. My husband told me when I was breathing the laughing gas, I screamed, I'm Lady Darth Vader, as I was pushing. Then I asked the doctor if he felt my tonsils when his arm was up there. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) My mom said, what did I have? And the nurse said, you haven't had anything yet, dear. She was high on gas. I asked for my cat, and when the midwife came in, she looked like Rihanna. I was informed afterwards that I said, Oh my God, Rihanna, you need to dump Chris Brown. (laughs) That's great. Um, I think these are from, uh, like, I don't know, like London or what's that called? Um, The UK? Yeah, or yeah, something like that. Okay. Because this doesn't, didn't make any sense to me. Mm. So my last labor was my VBAC and fourth birth with the previous three being sections. So I'm assuming like a C-section. C-section, yeah. And then a regular birth, I guess. Yeah. I was overcome with emotion and felt great that I had done it. And I said very loudly, oh my God, I've done it. I pushed a baby out of my vagina. And unfortunately, I think I repeated myself about four times. Well, yeah, that's fucking amazing. (laughs) It is. You birthed a human. Congratulations. Boast all you like. (laughs) I kept asking my husband to remember to buy the special sauces. Goodness knows what that was about, and I told the <laughs> anesthesiologist that I loved him. Oh. <laughs> also, I said, whilst being stitched up, once again, I blame the gas. <laughs> Please don't make me a virgin again. It wasn't a pleasant experience last time. Aww. To which the doctor replied, well, I've never heard that one before. <laughs> Towards the end of labor, a new midwife came on shift. She came really close to me, and all I could smell was cheese and onion crisps. Ew! I don't know why I said this, but I said at the top of my voice, your breath stinks, and then threw up. Oh, my God! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, I don't mind you being here, but I don't know who that man is over there. Apparently, I said this to the midwife and was looking at my husband. (laughs) Needless to say, he was not amused. I don't recall saying it, though. (laughs) That's hilarious. Once I delivered my little boy, I turned to my husband and told him we were immediately booking him in for a vasectomy. (laughs) When I had to deliver my placenta, I asked if she'd taken my kidney out. (laughs) You're like, what is that? Oh my God. (laughs) Patient fully dilated, started pushing, then changed her mind. I don't want to do this. I'm going the fuck home. Oh my God. And then tried to get off the table. Oh my God. Um, you can't just change your mind. Yeah, the ball's rolling. <laughs> My wife told me in a satanic voice to get better ice chips. These suck. I'm not sure what the quality issue was, but I ran and got her a different cup full. I was high on meds at the time. I was begging for barbecue ribs in between contractions. Come on, honey. The nurses will never know. They were standing right there. (laughs) At least she knew who her husband was. (laughs) I was high on gas and could hear my baby crying shortly after he was born. I was in the process of being stitched up, and I told him to hang in and we'd go for a walk in a minute as I was just looking for his collar and lead. Apparently, I thought he was the dog and needed walking. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> if men only knew. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> my mom was trying to get me on the birthing ball and I said, What if my lips stick to it? Her response was, No, darling, you sit on it, not put your face on it. Oh dear, she didn't realize I meant the down there lips. <laughs> like a mom too to be like totally oblivious <laughs> no you don't put your face on it <laughs> while being examined i yelled i was a person not a cow and that the whole arm didn't need to go up i asked my midwife to sing soft kitty to me big bang theory fans will know what i mean yeah and she did <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. Soft kitty. (laughs) Once he shot out, I needed stitches and had about 10 different people looking down there. I asked if anyone was going to buy me dinner, as it all seemed a bit forward for a first date. (laughs) I've been there. Yeah, really. (laughs) At that point, you don't really care, though. Yeah, you're like, whatever. My mother's labor was extremely short. I was born within an hour. So that means she went from experiencing minimal pain to extreme pain with little time to adjust. Mm. When my dad was driving her to the hospital, he unfortunately had to stop for gas. He went in to pay, and just then an elderly man in a wheelchair stopped him, asking him to buy him cigarettes as the store would was not wheelchair accessible my mom then proceeded to lean out the window yelling don't help the cripple (laughs) (laughs) oh the things you say my mom apparently said upon viewing upon viewing my brother whose head and face had become rather misshapen during his protracted journey down the birth canal no put it back in that's oh all i gosh. got okay thank you guys so much for listening we really really appreciate it again write us any story we don't care what it's about i mean make it interesting or funny or if you have something for the witty wrap-up if you have questions like lauren give us an email ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com don't forget to rate review subscribe anywhere that you listen that really helps us with our numbers and the higher we get in the numbers um the better if you guys see anyone looking for suggestions on facebook or twitter or wherever you are on social media recommend us we would really appreciate it thanks again for listening and we will talk to you next week later bye